Welcome to Left on Red, the Daily Mountain Eagles political history podcast. I'm Jennifer Coron. And I'm Drew Gilbert. And this is our bonus episode on our favorite political story of 2019. Not the biggest one, not the most important one. It's just our favorite because it's our favorite. There's just so many. It's just our favorite. So uh, you would like me to go first. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Pelosi and the squad. <laughs> Pelosi and the squad. So Nancy Pelosi, you might have heard of her. I've heard her name. She's been around for a while. Yeah. Uh, I believe this is her 17th term. Is she that nice Congress. little old lady from California? I, she's a grandmother type. <laughs> um <laughs> When I used to do research back in college, yeah, there was <laughs> there was a uh, um, she had candy on her desk. So when the reporters would come in, she did she was trying to appear the grandmother type. She had candy on her desk, and she is legitimately a grandmother. But um, that that is not Miss Pelosi's general um, persona. Um, she's uh, she's fairly hardcore. Um, I would argue, if you just want to talk from a woman in power standpoint, I think Nancy Pelosi really fits that mold, even a little bit more than Hillary Clinton ever ever did. Mm -hmm. I mean, Pelosi has power in her own right, and you're always Mm -hmm. going to hear that, you know, Clinton, you know, in association with Bill and and that whole thing that always kind of taints it a little bit. Um, But, I mean, Nancy Pelosi is just a woman in power in her long right. She's been in power a long time. She comes from a family of politicians, um, is very good at keeping her people in line, which Mm -hmm. was her reputation during the Obama years. Mm -hmm. Um, The Affordable Care Act, you wouldn't have it without Nancy Pelosi. Um, She's also, I said hardcore, I'm going to stand by that. She makes statements like um, 99% loyal is disloyal. Um, a person who ran against her for speaker one time, um, she used, I believe, some of her fundraiser uh, connections, and she, uh, she, someone, a challenger ran against him because he dared, you know, uh, run against Speaker Speaker Pelosi at the moment. Um, so she can be a little vindictive. She has a long memory. Um, you will be punished if you vote against her now on the other side you know when uh she so this is her second time as speaker she was the first uh speaker of the house when she was elected during uh, the obama years right that was a, mm-hmm. that was when all that happened it was mm-hmm. the obama years so she was the first one then um there was a real question this time if she would be re-elected to that position because there were a lot of democrats who didn't want that um, and, you know, a lot of Democrats, when they were running for re-election, they refused to, you know, say they would support Pelosi as speaker. That's right, yeah. And she even gave them permission to do that. You know, she would say, you know, if, if running against me is what it takes, run against me. Um, and, and ads are running against Nancy Pelosi. Uh, I found this little nugget of information. Uh, Harry Reid technically probably has a little bit more power uh, at the time that he was in office than um, the Nancy Pelosi did. Yeah. But in terms of political ads, way more candidates choose to run negative ads against Nancy Pelosi. She's a very easy target. For whatever reason, not not Mr. Reed. Um, well, because she's a female. Mm-hmm. I mean, cost, right. cost, that's that's spade spade. one of the reasons that, that gets Which, bandied about. if we go off politics, the, the story of 2019 is a 
we're apparently changing that as a society. Mm -hmm. The whole females are different than males mm -hmm. thing. Um, so, yes, Nancy Pelosi, woman in power. Uh, she's not afraid of that. I think she, one of her other quotables is that no one gives you power. You have to take it. Uh, so, again, she's she's risen through the ranks for a reason. She's mm -hmm. pretty. She's a pretty tough woman. So then we have the squad. Have you heard of the squad? Talk to me more about the squad. The squad. So there are these four women. They were like just, there's a lot of pants suits involved yeah, in this situation. Yeah, they were just elected in, um, so, 2018, mm -hmm. right? They were elected yeah, in 2018, 2018 in midterms. that cycle. Mm -hmm. So they are four women. They are four younger women. Mm -hmm. They are four women of color. Mm -hmm. Two of them were the first Muslims to be elected mm -hmm. to... Um, to Congress. All fairly outspoken uh, when even compared to their colleagues. Fairly so. Uh, the most uh, recognizable, I think, would be uh, AOC. AOC baby. Notorious. Mm -hmm. If you have those three letters, like yeah. uh, like RBG. the Notorious, RBG, like AOC, if you, if you have those three letters that have that musical kind of mm -hmm. lilt to them, uh, you're you're going to get some popularity there. So the squad is essentially a version of the Tea Party from a few years ago. Mm -hmm. This is the left's version of the Tea Party. Mm -hmm. They don't play by the rules. Correct. Because you heard me say they just got elected. Mm -hmm. In a different era, this is what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to take your seat. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to shut up. Be quiet until you earn, cut your you're teeth. You're supposed to vote how you're told to vote. You will be awarded with legislative uh, or with... Uh, um, not chairmanships, but just seats, you know, on, on particular committees as you mm -hmm. as you show your your loyalty, that kind of a thing. Um, we're talking about the squad because shutting up is not what they do. Mm -hmm. And at one point, Donald Trump, you know, was making some comments about the squad. He told them they should go back where they came from. That's problematic because only one of them was not born in this country. Yeah. Um, let's let's delegitimize them. Mm -hmm. So that was a thing, yeah. but. We're not talking about Trump and the squad. Trump and the squad is somewhat predictable. Yeah. My favorite story is Pelosi and the squad. Oh, yeah. Because there was a lot of shade that was thrown around. Like, oh, there had yeah. to be, like, a almost a, a conference situation. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, they went on TV and, you know, well, you know, we're, you know, Speaker Pelosi can talk to us anytime. And then there were other people like... Speaker Pelosi doesn't have to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Who, who, um, who are you, freshman right. congressman? Um, so, but yeah, she's kind of uh, poo-pooed the Green New Deal, which mm -hmm. is a big AOC thing. At mm -hmm. one point, I think she actually said, there's just four of them. Like, are you worried? Because, you know, they said, are you worried right. about these, you know, are you worried about the squad? And she yeah. said, there's just four yeah. of them. A coalition of four is not a real mm -hmm. strong voting base in the mm -hmm. House. Yeah. So Nancy Pelosi doesn't respect them. I've noticed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're young. Mm -hmm. And here's another thing. Nancy Pelosi prizes the vote above all things. Absolutely. And that's why she's the speaker. Because that's what matters in her world. Mm -hmm. You either have the votes or you don't. Mm -hmm. You know, she's criticized, you know, the Twitter. Like, she's not all that. Uh, but that is a part of where we are now mm -hmm. and where we're going. So right. you certainly need to respect that. So side that's of why it. it's my favorite story because you're seeing. A woman who's been in politics a long time, mm -hmm. who plays by a certain set of rules. Mm -hmm. You're seeing four women, at least one of them play by a different set of rules. Right. Now, I looked up, it is incorrect to think of the squad as a voting block. Right. Because uh, I read one article that the people on the Hill don't consider them a group in any 
shape, form, or fashion. They are they are individual women. They the, vote differently. That's right. They're from different backgrounds. Honestly, they lump them together because they're women and of color and elected at the well, same time. Well, they lump themselves together. So the squad thing goes, and I didn't even know this, but so they did an interview with Gail King because they were four of the new women. I think mm-hmm. we, we sent like 40 women to the house or something. Um, they were on Gail King, CBS, Gail King, Oprah's bestie, Gail King. Um, and so she must have made a comment, you know, that you should do like squad goals, hashtag squad goals. So they took a photo, AOC tweeted it, she used the term the squad, so they tagged themselves the squad. No one else named them the squad. Um, but they don't have a lot of power. Mm -hmm. They are very loud, but Mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of power. Uh, they weighed in on a bunch of things this year. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting to me that... It is the Democratic Party trying to find itself mm-hmm. because Nancy Pelosi represents a very old school way of doing politics. Yep. These women represent a very new way of doing politics. And you're caught in the middle where actually getting things done, though, still requires Nancy Pelosi's way. Yeah. <laughs> if you might have noticed, the Green New Deal hasn't passed any anywhere yet. No. And, um, and that's... That, that's a tough piece of legislation for people to chew on, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things for me, if I'm just going to pick out of the, the squad, AOC seems to be the, the face in a mm-hmm. lot of times. I would and say so. The initials probably have a little bit to do with it. Um, one of the things... Also, watching, she's a Democratic Socialist. She is, yes. Yeah. So she's a, a Bernie Sanders cloth uh, mm-hmm. type of gal. One of the things for me, just a fan of politics, um, A, the campaign she ran was fantastic. She unseated an, an old, old crusty incumbent uh, that had been there for probably too long. That and was felt less no a, threat from her. And was less effective. And she went door to door and looked people in the eyes running for U.S. Congress. And, man, I'd love to see more of that. Mm-hmm. But then when she gets there, and, again, look, look, I'm not talking about her politics or policies or things she believes in. Watching her in a committee fire off her line of questioning in the two, three, five minutes that she's allotted she is the single most effective legislator in any committee meeting that I've ever seen in my life. She can hammer out as many substantial questions in the allotted time than anyone I've ever seen. It's unbelievable. And she created moments. She, she did. She created viral moments. But and, and for me, it's not even like I don't, I don't even get into some of that. Like I follow her on Twitter and I may mm-hmm. ignore 75, 80 percent of what I see from her. I think she has like five her. million yeah, Twitter followers or something. There's a lot. And I may ignore a lot of the content that she puts out there because I'm not so much interested in that. But wh- I'm, I'm telling you, if you're a fan of, of government at all, watch some clips of her in a committee hearing. It's unreal how effective she is to get to where she wants to be through an, a, a genuine line of questioning. She's not comparing anybody to Pontius Pilate or anything. She's going for substance, mm-hmm. and it, it was it, she impresses me in committee. Yeah. So yeah, and the squad again, they have no real power. They it's no, not like they it's not like true. they've passed anything. I mean, it, you know about the squad because it is a media invention. Um, and that's the era that we're in. But like I said, it's interesting to me because one, this is a moment that is unthinkable in history mm-hmm. that you have uh, five women who are mm-hmm. who are in a tussle. I think this was mostly back in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, also. Back to Trump for a little bit. So Trump tweeted a lot about the squad, but in terms of Pelosi, Trump doesn't actually say mean things about Pelosi, in case you haven't noticed. I mean, yeah. this week's letter was an exception, but generally... But again, he didn't write that. Right. Generally, 
Like, he hasn't tagged her with a nickname. Like, there were times that he was going hardcore against a ton of Democrats. Never Nancy Pelosi. Mm -hmm. And you read several articles. He actually respects Nancy Pelosi. Mm -hmm. I think he respects her for... She's an effective leader. ...what she can do. He sees someone who can And let's be clear, out of this group of the squad, we very easily, over the next 30 years, could see AOC or one of the others blossom into just just as effective speaker Mm -hmm. or... Senator or uh, something else, the cabinet member or president, you could see that. Mm -hmm. They're just not there at this moment in time. So, yes, this was supposed to be the year of the woman. We had more women in Congress than ever before. And it is, but the storyline is that this is not simple. And Pelosi and the squad kind of exemplified that to me. That this is, as much as this is a more women in politics story, this is a this time in history story and one generation giving way to the next generation and what that looks like. And in the end, I mean, who's most successful? Um, You know, because the current generation is going to have to learn a little bit about, um, you know, how the current political, either you're going to have to learn how the current political system works or you're going to have to blow it up. And I do believe Miss AOC would much prefer prefer we just blow it up. So, I mean, I guess that's another option on the table. You either need to learn the system or... You need to blow it up and, and I guess, create yeah. a new system from the from the rubble. And maybe that's what her her thing is. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe a lot of you wouldn't like, you know, the one that she would build from the rubble. But I, I think there's probably some validity in, hey, let's kind of maybe, you know, let's keep a democratic republic here. But uh, we might could rewrite, you know, 90 percent mm-hmm. of what we're doing and be better off. Yeah. But so. not all of them are like that. Again, that's kind of no, unique right. to her. The other yep. the one of the other ladies, uh, Presley, I think the lady from Massachusetts uh-huh. is very much a work within the system. Mm-hmm. She supported Hillary over Bernie. Mm-hmm. She's apparently written a lot of legislation. Mm-hmm. Like she's very. She's more that I'm here to play the game. Right. You've already she's made. Mm-hmm. very much more. So, again, don't just associate the squad with, you know lefty, you know, that kind of a thing, that's that's not true. Yeah, they're not all um, politically aligned in the same they place. They are not. AOC mm-hmm. is kind of unique into herself. In well, that, and then uh, Talib is over there, too. She's pretty Yeah, so it's Omar, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Presley, Talib, mm-hmm. and AOC mm-hmm. are the four members of the squad. Apparently didn't even know each other before yeah. they yeah. came to Their Congress. Their campaigns really. had nothing to do with one another. They were thrown together because mm-hmm. they happened to be uh, freshmen. They happened to be women of color. They did this Gail King interview. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they have a reality show called The Squad. Yeah. And then they have um, Nancy Pelosi uh, (laughs) deciding whether she thinks The Squad's legitimate or not. And I think today, mostly Miss Pelosi, although we just did our impeachment episode a few Mm -hmm. minutes before this, Mm -hmm. people like The Squad, one of them, I think, came into office, uh, we'll continue even though we've broken the curse word barrier mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i believe one of the squad members is the one who said we're going to yeah. impeach the mfr yeah, yeah. that was, was a direct a, quote from a squad member F-bomb. so uh, pelosi didn't want to do impeachment but from the day well, they were elected this is a group of the democratic party who did want to see impeachment. well and we talk about them not having like legitimate vote power but th- that's a moment where their power is they real. did they, they kept, did help they kept on you know let's say 49 percent of democrats wanted to go that route and they were just really loud and kind of pushed it mm-hmm. to the 51 mm-hmm. you know they it, there was some power there so yeah they are pushing they are pushing the part well the party is going to the left how much these four are pushing it is under debate but they are definitely i would say an example of mm-hmm. the democratic party kind of at war at itself and deciding mm-hmm. what its future looks like so as that plays out it's going to continue to be 
Pelosi versus the squad. This is not just a 2019 story. Yeah. So, but that was my favorite story. I enjoyed that. That's a good one, and it's a and it's one that I think it's going to be around for a while. You know, like obviously Nancy's near the end of her congressional mm-hmm. career, uh, and these ladies are at the beginning. But uh, yeah, I think we get to see that shape up for a while. Mm-hmm. So, I agree. so what's yours? That was mine. All right. Do I have to do domestic, or can I go foreign, or I don't care. We, we made no promises well, to I'll tell you these this, people and listening. Well, I'll do this. I'm just going to give you a little blurb, and then I'm going to talk about my domestic one. My, my favorite just overall is watching millennials jump into government. Um, mm-hmm. You just mentioned some millennials. Uh, if you guys have paid attention to the Finnish government, uh, it is now run by a 34-year-old woman, and she was just installed as their prime minister, the youngest prime minister in the world. And the top five governing officials in that nation now are women. Four of the five are under the age of 35. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily saying that old guys can't get it done, but I think you need diversity in your government, and that includes age. Um, mm-hmm. I think you need people that look at the world from different generational scope, uh, different socioeconomic, uh, race, gender. I think you need it because that's the makeup of your nation. And that is very exciting for me. This country, Finland's gone like all in. They Mm -hmm. pushed all their chips in. Now, might I add, I think you do need to check that with, you know, the 60-year-old man Mm -hmm. that's been around for a while. Uh, He, he, you know, he may offer something still. But that's my favorite overall story of the world. My most intriguing uh, domestic story is the transformation of Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. Yeah. So... You see his name a lot now, mm-hmm. uh, and the reason you see his name a lot now is because he is a staunch Donald Trump uh, supporter and defender of all things Trump. Uh, rewind to 2016 when he was running for president, and Senator Graham had a lot of comments about how unfit for the role of presidency mm-hmm. Donald Trump was and how awful he would be for the Republican Party. He didn't just say that once in passing. He beat that drum. He's on the record. So you fast forward over three years, and a guy like me is like, what happened? So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that like Lindsey Graham was just always my favorite. Um, I do find myself politically very much in the center a lot of times on most topics. So I'm very attracted to like a guy like John McCain, mm-hmm. who lived in the center as well. And uh, Graham and McCain were, were good friends. In, they in, were very good friends. Uh, in the Senate. And, and that must be very difficult for him because John McCain continues <sighs> to kind of be a burr in President Trump's side, well, it they, seems. They literally had to move the SS John McCain when right. Trump visited somewhere so, because he's like haunted by the ghost so of John right. McCain. The transformation that you're talking about, yeah. that's a little bit of what comes with it is you have to kind of stomach some things that ordinarily I'm sure he really would prefer it, to be defending his his. It absolutely colleague. fascinates me how much of a shift it has been. And I've tried to process data, you know, uh, some of the things you can talk about is uh, in politics, you know, where does Lindsey Graham's money come from? Is he getting donations from like these Trumpian sources mm-hmm. and he needs to cater to the money? Um, is South Carolina super Trumpian? I don't really think they they are. They they ele- they voted for Trump this time, but they're a state that can swing to the left this mm-hmm. time. So I don't understand the why it is what really just blows right. blows my mind. I get why every tweet that our congressman Robert Adderholt tweets out now has Trump's name in it mm-hmm. because he knows you like Trump and he wants you to reelect him. I get that. 
I can't explain Lindsey Graham's. Wow. I don't get it. You know he doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. You know that he doesn't care for Trump at all. He probably mm-hmm. doesn't think he's a good president or fit for the role. He didn't just change his mind, mm-hmm. but he changed his talking points. Right. Blows my mind. And it is, it's it's not just a, like Senator Shelby, I think, does a really good job. He doesn't really mention Trump because he doesn't have to because he's been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need you to associate with him with Trump. He's chairman of appropriations. He's a very powerful senator. He has his power independently. It's independently derived. Well, Graham's been there for a long time, too. I think he started in the House and moved to the Senate. Mm-hmm. You've been there for long enough. You don't have to derive your power from the Trump brand. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. And that's the wagon he's hitched to. It's what he's doing. Conspiracy theory, Drew, is probably led to believe, you know, there's some kind of dark money funneling into mm-hmm. him from Russia or something. You know, like, you, right. like I would go deep down that road. I don't get it. It mm-hmm. blows my mind. You can literally put clips side by side of a man in three years saying the exact opposite things mm-hmm. about a man. And he doesn't give you any segue of how I got from here to here. And, and just, but oof. I don't believe his voters uh, or just the American people in general, I, I don't think there are consequences for that. Like no one is calling him out, out as hypocritical. Like no, not, a, not. not a lot of people. They just accept it. Whereas no, opposed not. to uh, Jeff Sessions, I don't know if you saw, but, uh, you know, Ed did an article with uh, Senator Sessions. Or former, I think Jeff's just Senator playing a game Sessions. and he's playing it well. And uh, I would say nine out of 10 comments on our Facebook page when that article was posted were, you know, gaggy faces and that kind of thing and talking about that he didn't stand with Trump when Trump needed him. And so that's something that Jeff Sessions is going to carry. Whereas Lindsey Graham, you're just not talking about him. Well, you are talking about him, but like generally the wider world is just not. not. People aren't like super pissed at Lindsey Graham because these things are forgivable. Yeah. But it is is the exact definition of hypocrisy. It is exactly. To say one thing and do another. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay if you change your mind over Mm -hmm. time. I'm okay if like Trump gets in there and then you're like, dadgummit, this man's the best president Mm -hmm. ever. And this is why I think that. Just explain it to me, please, instead of just literally changing your talking point from one end of the seesaw to the other. Other than staying off of him, has Trump really given him anything, though? Like, has has he been advantaged in any any way? Not that I've seen. I mean, he hasn't exactly, like, you know, sprinkled a blessing or or anything. I mean, he's just not... He's just just not roped him into critical things. It's inexplicable. Whereas if he was out there, like, complaining and and continuing to be like what he was when he was running... Trump would be talking about him a little but bit But another option for him is to just sit quietly. Sit just quietly. Don't talk right. You didn't have to him. do this. Yeah. Don't talk about him. Vote your party line. When they bring Trump up, Just you can kind of sidestep it. Shelby does this mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Just sidestep it and don't talk about him. Like yeah. that, That's fine. That's acceptable. But, mm-hmm. but no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he dove into the... He, he did a complete about face. He dove into the Trump is the greatest thing ever from mm-hmm. there's no way he can be the Republican president. Yeah. And, where, where'd it go? Yeah, I can't leave the Sessions stuff on the table. So just so everyone knows, um, Sessions was the very first senator to endorse Donald Trump's presidency. He was his early, candidacy. early on. He yeah. had campaign event in Huntsville. He was staunch the whole time. Mm-hmm. We need to be real careful about separating the duties of a, of a job for someone and the politics. Mm-hmm. All right. He believed in him very early on, mm-hmm. and he wanted him in there, and he got in there, and he got appointed as the attorney general. Well, because he was involved in his campaign, when an issue about his campaign came up, Mm -hmm. he abstained rightfully. It's what he was supposed to do. 
in his role as the Attorney General of the United States. Mm -hmm. You don't just blindly protect your buddy. You say, hey, for this to be fair, I got to get out of this because I was involved, mm -hmm. and he abstained. He did his job, frankly. Right. So uh, it's it's not either or. It's both. Mm -hmm. He was a staunch Trump supporter, right. and then he did his job when he was called to do his job, mm -hmm. which was abstained because he had a conflict of interest. And the minute that you guys stop holding your government officials accountable for that mm -hmm. is the minute that they railroad you. And by the way, they're kind of doing that to you right now because you aren't holding them right. accountable. So. Yeah, it's interesting. <sighs> it's interesting. And, and that played out for a lot of people of, um, you know, you're in office. Maybe you're in a safe district. Maybe you're not. But, mm -hmm. I mean, more so, even Obama, other people never had this kind of power. I mean, the voters want to know one thing. Are you for or are you against the current president? And it works. And, um, you know, again, if you're Lindsey Graham, they're willing to forgive. You can say mean things. And I think Trump is similar. I think the voters are reacting in the same way that Trump is. For the most part, he doesn't mind some hypocrisy <laughs> in you. Nah. Does it? It's not going to bother him. So you said mean things about him. Yeah. As long as you're saying nice things now and voting the way that he wants you to vote, yeah. he's willing to – he has a very short memory. He's yeah. willing to forget those past things. But, Voters have adopted Trump's personality in that respect, I But would my say. argument for, for Lindsey Graham is just vote that way and don't mm -hmm. be mean. <laughs> don't, you don't have to don't be – Don't spread the icing on the cake along with it. You don't have it. to be <laughs> – what, whatever the heck it is you are right now. Yeah. Astounding. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, my least favorite thing uh, is, is is hypocrisy. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just be you, do you. We don't have to agree. That's okay. Right. Don't be fake. Right. When I can, like, literally verify from three years ago how you probably actually feel. Mm -hmm. Blows my mind. Yeah. So... Yeah. That was 2019. Yeah. It I'm was more excited about the Finnish government situation. Crazy year, yeah. But the, the Lindsey Graham one's just one that just every day is in my head, like, why is this mm -hmm. what it is? So, yeah. yeah, that's it. That was 2019. It was a crazy year. Yeah, um, it was. All, I mean, from January to December, it seems like the world changed daily. Yeah, almost. It's still doing it. We still got a few things. days left, and mm -hmm. um, I'm, who knows? Lindsey Graham could, before New Year's, like, denounce him again and, like, mm -hmm. be a Bill Clinton fan or something. I don't mm -hmm. know what he's going to do. Don't know. Don't know. But also in 2019, you know what else happened? Ooh, what else happened? We birthed a podcast. This well, happened. That's got to be your favorite moment, right? Yes. My favorite moment was podcast. I wanted a podcast so much, and James Phillips paid for it. <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> personal political moment of 2019 yeah i love some podcasts i do too we had the equipment it's, and james phillips paid for it and he said let's just do it that was an early christmas present thanks james phillips mm -hmm. merry christmas to you buddy good job yep and because he did here we sit presenting we get, presenting these bonus episodes we get to, to you. bless all all of your ears mm -hmm. with uh, our rants yep yeah. so because james gifted to us we gift to you. So, it so works. next time you see James, uh, either thank him or berate him, depending on how you feel about this situation. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that was 2019. We're excited. We're going to continue to have some content uh, rolling out into the podcast feed for you. 
and then we're gonna we're gonna crank it up in 2020. And then we're gonna be back. You actually had someone want to know when we're gonna be back I with did. fresh episodes. So we had a fan. We have a fan. <laughs> we would like to go on record We'd and like say to thank you. we have <laughs> that fan out there. Uh, who wanted to know when we're yeah. going to be back. So We're coming back. It's an election year, which it means we're going to have content for days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my, uh, like, I'm in my uh, 12-month countdown of the mm-hmm. end of my, my government service for now. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I serve again. Yeah. So that's a unique perspective for mm-hmm. me. Uh, the lame ducks are always the wild cards. You never know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I told somebody the other day, I'm going to pardon somebody before I leave. Mayors yes. can pardon misdemeanors uh-huh. uh, that were committed within their city limits. Yeah. I'm looking for you, so... Uh, Speeder. Hey, if you've got no speeders, you're dead in the water. Oh, I'm no sorry. Speeders. Yeah, don't speed. No speeders. Um, and if you do speed, can I give everybody a, a pointer real quick? Is everybody? If you get pulled over uh, by a police officer, uh, the police officer is 100% in charge of that moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. The judge isn't. The mayor isn't. The chief isn't. This is the law. This is this. The no one can make that officer undo what they did at that traffic stop right. if they did it legally. Piece of advice. Uh, be very nice, uh, very respectful, very kind, uh, possibly apologetic. Like, I'm sorry I sped. I didn't know um, I was going 95. What not to do is, you know, name drop who you know or who you are or where you've been or I'll just call the mayor tomorrow. Mm-hmm. or Don't do that because what you've literally done is written your ticket for yourself because the worst thing you can do is disrespect that officer in that moment that they are clearly in charge of. So just an FYI for you, and maybe any of you want to do some personal reflection, um, if you've gotten tickets and maybe you have a a fairly decent driving record and you're overall a good upstanding member of community, if you were written a ticket – Replay your actions in the, <laughs> in the moment there because, and I'll tell you in Cordova and all these guys that I've met throughout this county, none of them really just want to write you a ticket. They probably do want to pull you over and make contact with you mm-hmm. and try to change your behavior there on that strip of road or whatever right. it is. Uh, maybe get you to start stopping at those stop signs or, or slow your speed on this road where we have problems. Um, but the fastest way to get in a ticket is to disrespect the officer in the moment. So... There you go. That's a tip from Drew here at the end of his municipal career. Something I learned. I sort of say, I, I feel like that's something that Mayor Gilbert has encountered. Is uh, Oh, yeah. This guy. Is, uh, Drew's had a lead foot this year. Uh-huh. And uh, never in Cordova. Outside of Cordova. I've been pulled over three times this year. Crimson never pulled you over while Crimson was there? No, surprisingly, he didn't. No. But I behave myself in Cordova. It's like I feel like I have to hold myself to a higher standard. Really? Uh, but I got pulled over three times this year, and I got three warnings uh, See, I do the opposite. I used to, when Nick was still there, and we'd have an interview set up, and I didn't leave here until five minutes before I was supposed to be there. You burn it hard I told him I would be late unless, once I got to the Cordova City Limit, like, I was just going to, like, if they turn their lights on, I promise you, my plan was to speed all the way to City Hall and yep. say, I'm here to see Nick. That was my plan. I was at no point going to pull over. None. I feel zero fear <laughs> in the city limits of Cordova. Completely the opposite. You were going to get tased. Completely the opposite. No, I've behaved so there. So if I got pulled over in Jasper, there's going to be a problem. So I would do the speed limit up until getting off the interstate, and yeah. then I hammered it. I've been in. Uh, I've been on my best behavior in Cordova. I acted up a little bit outside of, twice in Jasper here, uh, once by a JPD, once by a trooper. And then uh, on 69 Highway, coming from Coleman, a Coleman County Sheriff, yeah. he probably should have arrested me uh, based on my speed. Uh, but I was polite, and I was honest, and I was driving my dad's truck. I'd never driven it before. And uh, he was like, hey, slow down. I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really want to drive anymore. Yeah. 
but I've also done some personal reflection on why was Drew driving so fast in 2019, yeah. and maybe <laughs> slow down, slow yeah. down. Let's view this the is world a New a Year's bit. resolution. Keep, no, I've already installed this okay. after that third pullover, which was a couple months back. Okay, I drive like Granny now. All right. Um, yeah. So see, but I was polite in all of here my here. We stops. entertain you, and we also inform you. Yeah, be polite. We do some. Guys. We do some public service announcements right here at the end. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's Drew's advice for you. It's real life lessons. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, that was 2019. That was also our uh, little life advice tip, <laughs> little life hack. <laughs> I'll give you those. Throughout the year, I'm going to give you, like, Drew's municipal hot takes on the mm-hmm. way out of office. That'll be a good one next yeah. year, just yeah. what what Drew would like our listeners to know after all these years I've office. got them for you. Mm-hmm. I know you, you do. So that's something to look forward to in 2020. We'll be back in 2020. Um, and just keep lists, uh, keep tuned to your podcast feed. Yeah, we'll throw you some mini stuff. For bonus episodes. Thanks for being with us. See you guys. Left on Red is a Daily Mountain Eagle production. Copyright 2019, Daily Mountain Eagle, all rights reserved.